Let's read together 1 Samuel chapter 7. In this chapter, we have the return of Israel to the Lord and the resulting revival that takes place under the leadership of Samuel. 1 Samuel chapter 7, beginning at verse 1. The men of Kiriath-Jerim came and took the ark of the Lord and brought it into the house of Abinadab on the hill and consecrated Eleazar, his son, to keep the ark of the Lord. So it was that the ark remained in Kiriath-Jerim a long time. It was there 20 years, and all the house of Israel lamented after the Lord. Then Samuel spoke to all the house of Israel, saying, If you return to the Lord with all your hearts, then put away the foreign gods and the Ashtoreths from among you, and prepare your hearts for the Lord, and serve him only, and he will deliver you from the hand of the Philistines. So the children of Israel put away the Baals and the Ashtoreths, and serve the Lord only. And Samuel said, Gather all Israel to Mizpah, and I will pray to the Lord for you. So they gathered together at Mizpah, drew water, and poured it out before the Lord. And they fasted that day, and said there, We have sinned against the Lord. And Samuel judged the children of Israel at Mizpah. Now when the Philistines heard that the children of Israel had gathered together at Mizpah, the lords of the Philistines went up against Israel. And when the children of Israel heard of it, They were afraid of the Philistines. So the children of Israel said to Samuel, Do not cease to cry out to the Lord our God for us, that he may save us from the hand of the Philistines. Then Samuel took a suckling lamb and offered it as a whole burnt offering to the Lord. Then Samuel cried out to the Lord for Israel, and the Lord answered him. Now as Samuel was offering up the burnt offering, the Philistines drew near to battle against Israel. But the Lord thundered with a loud thunder upon the Philistines that day and so confused them that they were overcome before Israel. And the men of Israel went out of Mizpah and pursued the Philistines and drove them back as far as below Bethkar. Then Samuel took a stone and set it up between Mizpah and Shen and called its name Ebenezer, saying, Thus far the Lord has helped us. So the Philistines were subdued, and they did not come any more into the territory of Israel. And the hand of the Lord was against the Philistines all the days of Samuel. Then the cities which the Philistines had taken from Israel were restored to Israel from Ekron to Gath. And Israel recovered its territory from the hands of the Philistines. Also there was peace between Israel and the Amorites. And Samuel judged Israel all the days of his life. He went from year to year on a circuit to Bethel, Gilgal, and Mizpah and judged Israel in all those places. But he always returned to Ramah, for his home was there. There he judged Israel, and there he built an altar to the Lord. Let's begin our study of this chapter, 1 Samuel chapter 7, with some background notes. We read in verses 1 and 2, that after the Ark of the Covenant came back from the land of the Philistines, it was brought to the town of Kiriath-Jerim, and remained there for 20 years in the house of Abinadab. Now, the obvious question that comes to mind at this point is why the Ark of the Covenant was not brought back to Shiloh, where it had been at the tabernacle before its capture by the Philistines. Most likely, the answer is that Shiloh was overrun by the Philistines soon after the Battle of Aphek or Ebenezer, where the Ark was captured in 1 Samuel chapter 4. Shiloh, remember, was not too far from where this battle took place. Jeremiah chapter 26 and verse 6 supports this scenario. When the Lord 
said through Jeremiah that if the people would not listen to the words of the prophets, then he would make the house of the Lord like Shiloh and destroy the city of Jerusalem. I'm reading Jeremiah chapter 26, beginning at verse 4. Thus says the Lord, If you will not listen to me to walk in my law, which I have set before you, to heed the words of my servants, the prophets, whom I send to you, both rising up early and sending them, but you have not heeded, then I will make this house like Shiloh, and will make this city a curse to all the nations of the earth. Jeremiah 26, 4 through 6. So uh, that text certainly supports the idea that Shiloh was destroyed. And it looks like it was destroyed at this time when the ark had been taken by the Philistines. We know that the tabernacle furniture and the tabernacle itself must have been rescued and removed from Shiloh at this time because we read that it was set at Nob during Saul's reign and at Gibeon during the reigns of David and Solomon before the temple was built in Jerusalem. Furthermore, we see from the last three verses of this chapter, 1 Samuel chapter 7, that Samuel did not live at Shiloh anymore, but lived in Ramah. He became a circuit-riding judge for Israel, and he judged Israel for the rest of his days, and his center of operations was not in Shiloh, but in Ramah, where he now lived. Samuel built an altar there at Ramah, which would have been highly unlikely if the tabernacle and altar was still at Shiloh. And one further point that supports the record that Shiloh was destroyed by the Philistines at that time is that there is a destructive layer in the archaeological ruins at Shiloh that dates to the same time as the Battle of Aphek and Ebenezer. So the Ark of the Covenant remained for 20 years in Kiriath-Jerim, until the revival that we have here in 1 Samuel chapter 7. And then after the revival, the Ark of the Covenant continued to remain in Kiriath-Jerim until the time of David, when the Ark of the Covenant was finally brought up to Jerusalem. We read about that in 2 Samuel chapter 6. So the Ark of the Covenant was located in Kiriath-Jerim for at least 100 years in the house of Abinadab. And more we could give for background, but let's move now to our doctrinal teaching points. So doctrinal or teaching point number one. God gives victory to his people when they return to him. God gives victory to his people when they return to him. We read in verse 2 that for 20 years Israel lamented after the Lord. That is, they sought after the Lord for blessing and mourned the fact that they were not being blessed by the Lord. But there was one key ingredient that was missing before revival could come. We see from verses 4 and 5 that they still possessed a lot of idols. Now let me ask you, is that possible in our lives as well? We seek for the Lord's blessing and revival in our lives, but we still have our idols, things that come between us and our full commitment and worship of the Lord. No wonder we experience defeat. The idols must go. We cannot experience victory until we return to the Lord. Samuel now has grown into manhood, and he challenged the people to get rid of their idols so that deliverance and blessing could come from the Lord. The people responded in a positive way, and they got rid of their idols. And then they gathered together at Mizpah, 
and they poured water out before the Lord, a symbolic gesture of full repentance. And they fasted, and they let Samuel judge them. Look at verse 6 once again. So they gathered together at Mizpah, drew water, and poured it out before the Lord. And they fasted that day and said there, We have sinned against the Lord. And Samuel judged the children of Israel at Mizpah. When the Philistines heard that Israel had assembled together at Mizpah, they probably suspected a war council. And so they came up to attack Israel. But Israel had returned to the Lord, and they looked to the Lord to deliver them. And they had Samuel pray continually for them. And the Lord answered. After Samuel offered a sacrifice to the Lord, the Lord answered with a great thunder that confused the Philistines. And they were routed before Israel. God gave Israel a great victory. Now, what is significant here is that Baal, one of the foreign gods that Israel removed, was supposedly the god who controlled the thunder. Where was Baal now? It wasn't by chance that the God of Israel chose this method to defeat the Philistines to show his power over the foreign gods. This certainly proved to both Israel and the Philistines, that the foreign gods were powerless before the God of Israel. And you got to remember that these foreign gods, these idols, the Baals and so forth, it wasn't that they were just wooden stone images. There was demonic power behind these things, right? Now, you might wonder how many times the Philistines had to learn this lesson after their experience with their helpless god Dagon before the Ark of the Covenant. The more important question here, however, is how long do God's people take to finally learn this lesson? God gives his people victory when they return to him. Doctrine point number two. God restores losses to his people when they return to him. God restores losses to his people when they return to him. Verse 14. Then the cities which the Philistines had taken from Israel were restored to Israel from Ekron to Gath, and Israel recovered its territory from the hands of the Philistines. We see the territory that had been lost to the Philistines is now restored to Israel as the people return to the Lord. Now, do you see the spiritual lesson here? When we're not walking with the Lord, we lose ground. We lose spiritual territory that was once ours. We no longer enjoy the spiritual blessings that are ours in Christ. We no longer know the joy of Christian fellowship. We lose our grasp of Scripture. But when we return to the Lord, we can recover ground that we lost. We can begin to enjoy once again our spiritual blessings in Christ. We are restored to Christian fellowship. We can begin to grow once again in the Word of God. God said to the children of Israel through the prophet Joel in Joel 2.25 that he would restore to them the years that the locusts had eaten. Joel 2.25. You know, the same is true today. Although we lose time and lose out on blessing when we disobey the Lord and when we no longer walk in close fellowship with him, yet God in his grace can restore the years that the locusts has eaten. God restores losses to his people when they return to him. Now, what about practical application? 
from 1 Samuel chapter 7. Let's follow Samuel's Ebenezer example. Let's follow Samuel's Ebenezer example. Verse 12, once again. Then Samuel took a stone and set it up between Mizpah and Shen and called its name Ebenezer, saying, Hitherto or thus far the Lord has helped us. To commemorate the victory over the Philistines, Samuel set up a stone which was typical in those days, and he rightly gave the Lord all the credit by naming it Ebenezer, which literally means stone of help. As Samuel set up the stone, he said, Hitherto, or thus far, the Lord has helped us. What a great example for us to follow. As we see the Lord at work in our lives concerning answered prayer and deliverance and meeting our needs and defeating the enemy, we too should set up our Ebenezer marking stones, as it were, to honor the Lord by saying, Hitherto hath the Lord helped us. Illustration. You know, Growing Christian Ministries has just completed 31 years of ministry. The Lord has faithfully blessed and provided for this ministry. So once again, we have thanked the Lord and set up our Ebenezer stone, as it were, and said, hitherto or thus far, the Lord has helped us. Now, have you ever taken time to figuratively set up marker stones in your life where the Lord has specifically blessed you? Let's follow Samuel's Ebenezer example. 